When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi Clubbers, before we jump into this week's show, just to let you know that Self Care Club have now got merch. We have got gorgeous sweatshirts in pink and in navy, and we've also got a water bottle. It's all very exciting and stocks are limited, so get your orders in soon. You can place your orders over at Instagram at Self Care Club Pod, just chuck us a DM, or you can email us hello at the selfcareclub.co.uk and we will get your products to you before Christmas time. UK delivery only. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self-Care Club. Happy Christmas, Nicole. Happy Christmas to you too, Lauren. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Or is it? Because lots of people find the festive season pretty challenging. In fact, 36% of people report extra stress at this time of year. Well, we got that covered this week because I'm Nicole Goodman. I'm Lauren Mishcon. And I'm Kate Medlin, therapist. And this is Self Care Club. Merry Christmas, Clubbers! Welcome to this very special episode of Self Care Club, where we've invited our resident therapist and friend of the show, Kate Medlin, to come back and help you out with all your Christmas problems. Hello, Kate. Welcome. Hello. Lovely to see you both. Lovely to see you again. IRL. I know. <laughs> and last time we did this, well, we've done this a few times, we were only on Zoom. Yeah. We were. So it's lovely to have you actually here. I know, it's great. A reminder to the listeners, Kate is a therapist and Bella Magazine's Agony Aunt, and many of you may remember her from our Festive Season Survival Toolkit show last Christmas and from our Mental Health Awareness Week special. And she's back today to give you guys and us her professional advice and words of wisdom. So can we have a general chat about what women find the most challenging during the festive season? Should we start there? Yes. Well, we know from asking our listeners that it's issues that are a bit like overindulging with food, probably, and money, overspending. Yeah. Dealing with difficult relatives, that's got to be a big one. The pressure to be happy all the time, the pressure to make it the most wonderful time of the year, the mental load, expectations, and of course, missing loved ones. So have you seen anything new cropping up this year, Kate, with your private clients and your Bella readers post-COVID? Do you know, I think that if there has been a shift, it's actually been in a positive direction in oh, that wow. to a certain extent, I think that what lockdowns and COVID and all that we've been through in the last couple of years has taught us is a, not to sweat the small stuff. Yes. Mm. And yes. therefore, yes. if there is anything that we can take out of what we've been through, it is, you know, does it matter if we don't have 14 sides to go with our turkey? And do we need to have turkey plus four other options, you know, or can we just go, it's just a roast dinner? Yeah. 
As long as there's wine, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's just a roast dinner. Why do we get so caught up in this need to make it it's perfectionism, yes, isn't it? absolutely. And the pressure. And usually it does fall on women, although not always. I have to say, the, the, the chefs in my family are the men, mm-hmm. um, trained, taught, pushed into it. I, <laughs> I honestly, I think that I have uh, cooked about three times in the whole of lockdown. Wow. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Yeah. Lucky, yeah. lucky, I lucky. I know, I am lucky. I am lucky. Um, and the, the men in my family love cooking and they practically fight over who's going to cook. It does mean there's lots of clearing up to do. Yeah, of course. But, you know, we've got to go with our strengths, haven't we? And the funny <laughs> thing is, I want to say this about Christmas as well, actually, is that the clear-uppers never get like a thank you or a round of applause no. in the way that the chefs do. That's uh, true. And it's, it's a thankless task. It is a thankless task. Scrubbing that gravy-covered <laughs> roasting tin, It's all right for it? me because I'm both. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. And you deserve a double round of applause. Well, no. To be fair to my husband, he is doing the turkey this year and he did do the turkey last year. And the kids have cracked on about the turkey for a whole year, which I find immensely annoying because I then cook the rest of the year and they don't say a word. And now he's like, Mr. Hero, Superman, swooping in to save Christmas Day because I'm doing the turkey. But what no one realises, going on what you've said, there's everything else that goes on around. Mm. The turkey is a very small piece of the pie. You shove it in an oven. Yeah. Bit well, of basting. He he treats it like a newborn. <laughs> Does he rock it in a muslin cloth? <laughs> he breastfeeds. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a bit like when uh, when men say that they're babysitting their own children. Oh yes, oh, yes. Oh. It's a classic that one. Yeah. So Adam's like, I'm cooking. It's like, well, you know what? I'm pretty much going to be cooking, but that's okay. So should we get on to what the listeners? have asked for Kate's advice. They've sent us in all their questions and we've anonymised everything because we didn't want anyone to feel exposed Mm. slash embarrassed Mm. slash their relatives to hear their questions. So (laughs) there are no names on anything. No, that's good because um, I always anonymise when readers write into me at Bella, I always anonymise it, you know, if there's any identifying details because then I think that I can be more open and challenging with my response as well. Mm, Okay. So this is the first question. We're spending the holidays at my parents' place. How do we manage to spend time all together but also just alone with my husband? I don't want to disappoint anyone. I mean, there's so much in that question. Isn't there? So much. I wish I had the person in front of me because I want to ask many more things. Like what? Like, what? like why does she feel that she isn't getting enough time with her husband? Is it her husband saying, oh, but if we're at your parents, I get sidelined? You know, who's putting who under pressure? Yeah. Mm. If it is that she doesn't get enough time with her husband, then what's going on in the rest of their life? Because this is just a day or maybe it's a few days if you're going to stay with parents that live further away. Um, What is going on in your regular life that is highlighted? Because that's the thing about Christmas is it often highlights, it puts a microscope on what's going on in the rest of our life uh, because all of the tensions are kind of ramped up. Mm. I guess it's like, I I don't know if they're going abroad or you know, they're obviously going to stay for a few days, but maybe they're like, "Mm, we're going to stay. So we really feel like we have to join in with everything and be there for every meal and be there for every cup of coffee and chat. But actually, 
I want a little bit of space as a couple. Well, well, maybe there's pressure coming from her parents as well. Maybe she only sees them once a year. Well, we don't Mm. know, do we? Mm. No. I just wonder if this is something that the person feels regularly, that that they have to spread their self so thin that they feel like they're not giving enough to anybody, like everybody's going with that. But I wonder if that's a feeling from them within themselves rather than actually how others experience them. As in no one really would be disappointed if she said, listen, we're going for a walk. We're going to go for a walk and have some lunch together. We'll see you guys later. Absolutely. I think be clear with your boundaries. Don't guess what other people are feeling. Ask them, is it okay if we go for a walk? We'd really like some time together. And you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if the other person, whether it's the parents, whether it's the husband, if anyone has a problem with that, then in a way that's their stuff. Mm. Uh, I think I know it's sometimes difficult to leave anybody feeling disappointed or feeling upset, but actually keep saying to yourself, I haven't done anything wrong. You know, we get very little time together and therefore this is okay. Right. And it's her Christmas too. Absolutely. As much Remember as it's that. for her parents, for her husband, for whoever else is it, it's hers as much as it's anyone else's. I think so many women forget that. It's actually your Christmas as well. Mm. <laughs> Sad, as we're all very reflective on but that aren't you? But I feel that often. I often forget. Oh yeah, it's my Christmas day as well as everyone else's Christmas day. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes my, we see yeah. it as something we have to get through rather or, than Or enjoy. manage the expectation and joy and happiness for everybody else, facilitate everybody else. Mm. It's very hard when there's gravy all over the floor <laughs> and, you know, there's a million like wrapping. I can't, I can't bear the mess. You can just let it go for a few hours. I find it very hard to enjoy myself when everything's all over the place. Mm. That's my question. There you go. How do you enjoy yourself when everything's all over the place? Well, I mean, clearing up while it's still going on is a bit like shoveling snow when it's still snowing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know I'm the queen of tidying. You know that. Okay, so how do you let it go? I don't have Christmas at my house. Well, if you did. I don't. Ever. Ever. Last year, let's pretend for one minute. Let's just pretend. Don't the kids open presents in the morning before you go elsewhere? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then a bin liner comes up (laughs) to our bedroom and everything goes in the bin liner. And then there's breakfast and that's tidied. And then we're gone for the whole day. So there is no mess, which I find almost the most joyful part of Christmas. (sighs) Well, I'm doing Christmas lunch. (laughs) Let it go. Let's think about it, Nicole. What is the feeling when there's chaos, when there's mess? What is the feeling that comes up in you? It's just so uncomfortable. Can you I can't, unpack I, that a bit more? I can't relax. I find it really unrelaxing to is be in a messy there room. A mean voice in your head saying, This isn't okay. This is look at you, judgy, judgy, judgy. Oh, of course. I always have that voice of uh, telling me I'm lazy. Yeah. Oh my God, you are the opposite. It's <laughs> because I always have a voice telling me that I am. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? It's, it's, I'm going to control that voice on Christmas Day. Thank you. Challenge the voice. Yeah. You don't need to be mean to it. Challenge it and say, do you know what, voice? At times you're really useful because it means I get things done. But right now I don't need you. Nice. Love it. I need that voice every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll be that voice. Should we be that voice for each other? We could try, but we're both so fucking anal. It's really hard. (laughs) I'm not anal. With the tidying you are, you like a clean work surface in the kitchen, as do I. I'm a demon with the detox. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their slogan. Oh my God. I'm a demon with the detox. That's the headline. That, I'm a demon that, with the detox. Be on my gravestone. I mean, I'm just, that is just print worthy. I always used to say my mum would die with a damp cloth in her hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> totally understand that. I'll die with a laundry basket attached to my hip. <laughs> yeah, but this is sad. I don't want to die with a damn cloth in my hand. I'm going to let the whole bloody thing go You'll now. die with a dumbbell in your hand. That's so. fine. fine. Kettlebell, no problem. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I want you to set yourself a task, Nicole. Okay. You're not allowed to touch anything. Oh. Until all the guests have left. God. Unless they're the type that will help you. Yeah, of course they are. Right. I don't mean you can't, like, because recruit and get them to help you with the washing up, because that's part of the fun, isn't it, on Christmas Day? Yeah. All the people in the kitchen nattering and... Do you know what? That's exactly what we do. We have about 25, 30 of us at my brother and sister-in-law's, and my brother-in-law does the cooking. I serve... And then afterwards, everyone kind of rotates. Like, nothing's set in stone, but a group mm. of people wash up the starter. A group of people wash up the main course. It's quite nice because you all yeah. chat and, yeah. Yeah. you know. Different groupings. Exactly. And it's part of the day. And then while someone's doing that, you get to relax. And then you do another bit. And it it's just, it, it's nice to muck in. Yeah. As long as everybody does. And as long as you're not the sort of person who thinks, no, 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 everyone sit down. Everyone should help it. Because like do, we said, it's your Christmas too. Yeah. yeah. It makes it a more kind of, you know community feeling and I think just because you're hosting doesn't mean you are you have to be the hostess with the mostess in terms of on another time if you've invited people over for dinner finally you don't want there to help but Christmas is like it's a burden to be the host yeah it's a big deal it is you have picked the short straw you know look Lauren and I are thrilled not to be hosting so take that take that and go, okay, this is, you know, this is what I'm putting in the pot so everyone else can contribute too. (laughs) Shall I be really honest? Mm. Like, you'll love this one. (laughs) We were actually invited out for lunch. Yeah. And I said, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) Come to me. Come to me. You idiot. It's totally your own fault. I have no sympathy And is that your, because if I don't, then I'm lazy? (laughs) No, it's because my sister's with us. And she doesn't know these guys very much. And I just think she would be much, she would have a much nicer day if it was our house rather than theirs. She can bloody help with the washing She up. will. She'd be amazing. <laughs> she will help. I know she will. <laughs> right, let's get back to the listeners' okay. question, shall we? This is the second question. My mum tends to get very stressed about everything over Christmas and her being so wound up can affect the whole household. To add to the mix, I'm vegan. So discussing food can be hard too. Help! Oh, I feel this woman. Mm. I think some preemptive strikes are might be useful in this situation. Like? Have some conversations with mum about how it, it can't be enjoyable for you that you're stressed. Yeah. How? What can we do together? And can we have some secret language that we use when you're getting stressed so that we, even if we just step outside for five minutes, do some breathing, nice. just do some calming down so that you and me are a team, you and me, mum, we're the team and we're going to manage the stress together. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. That because kind of what, safe word, like yes, aubergine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Please use aubergine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because I think if the daughter comes at it from, you'd be helping me, mum, not with no pointy fingers, because as soon as we start pointing fingers at others, then they put their hands in their ears and they don't want to hear because, that you know, defences start rising up. So if we come at it from a place of, can you help me with this, mum? How can we manage this together? Mm. 
and have the conversations before Christmas Day. You know, what are the pinch points? What are the stress mm. angles? Yeah. What are the yeah. triggers? And let's yeah. try and avoid them. Love it. It's really miserable being around someone who's hosting who you can really feel doesn't want to be hosting yeah. or who is yeah. wound up or who yeah. is stressed because yeah. when they're stressed, you can't relax. Well, it, it, it sets the whole tone. Yeah, mm. it does, which is part of the reason why I love being at my brother and sister-in-law's because you turn <laughs> up, he's in Birkenstocks and shorts and an apron. He is so happy. He is so gleeful to have everyone. They're so welcoming. There's wrapping paper all over the living room and everyone's just in a good mood. Have a drink, have a beautiful canapé and you just think, oh, this is lovely because everyone's so relaxed. And so then you relax. Nice. It's it's nice. Nice. I'm a relaxed host. I, I'm I ve- feeling very inspired about my Christmas day now. And can I also just say something about the vegan thing? Yeah. Mm. Because I've also been in this position because I'm, I'm now no longer vegan, but I was for nine months. So, and I think those conversations are very, very hard to have if people don't respect your choices or mm. they don't understand it. Mm. So my advice on that would be... Why don't I make something for the table? It can be like an extra side of vegetables and then you've got your meal to eat and then it's just you make more for everybody else so that everyone can actually enjoy in part of the way that you eat. So you can kind of show them how fun being plant-based can actually be. Yes, absolutely. Take that responsibility. I I think especially if your mother is hosting for a number of people, take that responsibility on yourself. That immediately would alleviate stress for her. Definitely. And just telling her, mum, I'm going to do this because I don't want to add to your stress. In fact, I want you and me to be team stress busters. I love it. And also, you know what? I've got a lovely, I've got a lovely dish that I'd love you all to try with yeah. aubergine. It's got to have aubergine <laughs> and pomegranate. Love it's it. Sounds delicious. I'm coming around for dinner, Nicole. <laughs> Next question: yes. How do I keep the peace between family members who are deliberately antagonistic? Oh, that makes me feel stressed just hearing I, that. My question. hands have gone clammy. Right, come on, Kate. Don't, getting comfortable. Don't. Oh. Don't. <laughs> don't put yourself in the middle because you become part of the dynamic. Oh. Expand, please. Well, because I think sometimes there's a little bit of a triangulation that goes on in families and we get so stuck into our roles. Mm. I'm the mediator, therefore I have to be in the middle. I have to be the peacemaker. It's my responsibility if there's any... Tension, Bruegus, I was about to say, that kicks we off. We use Bruegus constantly Lovely. on this show. Um, then, you know, it's got to be me. Even if I'm outside, you know, with the kids on the slide and I hear something kicking off in the kitchen, I've got to put my cape on and run in and fix everything. <laughs> Step <laughs> I love it. away. Are yeah. you able to do that, considering your job? Um, Lauren. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, that, was I, a, that was a cheeky little question, well, wasn't it? Well, do you know it? what? I Physician, try. heal thyself. I know. I don't think I put myself in the middle. I think that people come to me and I would not turn them away. Okay. And I'm happy to play that role. You're happy to? Yes. Okay. Because I don't think they come to... I don't think I step into the middle of conflict, especially live when it's happening in mm. the room. Mm. I might encourage somebody to come come hither to me, mm. you know. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I'm not saying, hey, come and talk about whatever's going on between you, but I might just try and kind of say, hey, come and look at what the kids are doing. Just Diffuse it. Exactly. You know, like when a kid's having a tantrum and you go, here's a lollipop. Yeah. Or yeah. let's look at this bright red thing because it's a distraction, isn't it? 
What What would you suggest if they're being antagonistic towards you? Because mm. the word she uses is deliberately. It's not mm. just that they're, they're wind-up merchants and that's kind of just part of their personality. She's saying... They do this deliberately. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think one person's banter is another person's furious rowing. And it depends. You know, it could be three siblings where two of them just, that's how they they communicate. Mm. And the third one doesn't need to be the one that steps in the middle. Deliberately, I mean, who knows? Who are we to say that it's deliberate? I I don't, you know, it might be that the the third person feels that it's deliberate because they're quite averse to conflict. Mm. And therefore they feel so uncomfortable when there's conflict in the air. I would say not your circus, not your monkeys. Oh, my favourite saying of all time. If I ever had a tattoo, that's what it would say. Really? Really, it's my favourite saying of all time. It's like, stay in would your you own also lane. Have a, would you also have a picture of a monkey? No, I'd have a picture of a laundry basket, obviously. <laughs> or a circus. <laughs> no, not really into circuses would or you, monkeys. Where would you put it? My ass. <laughs> I don't know where I'd put it. I think what I'm trying to say really is step out of the role. Because if you have played mm. that role for many mm. years and it doesn't get you anywhere and all it does is leave you covered in their crap Mm. then play a different role nice love it and they can't start on you if you're just not playing the game exactly you know sometimes if one person shifts the dynamic it shifts the dynamic for everyone yeah so it's really difficult with families to do that because we're so embedded in the roles that we've been given and you step back in even if you're in your 40s when the family is together everybody slots back into their original role the naughty one the quiet one totally the difficult one yeah and It's very hot. And I wonder if someone did decide purposely to step out of that, if everyone else would go, what? Yeah. What? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they would, because it would change the whole dynamic, wouldn't it? Not everyone likes that. No. No, not everybody does. It's like when people go to therapy uh, and and start expressing their feelings, you know, and people have, you know, sometimes kept them very kind of dampened down and suddenly they're going into their family and saying, I don't like it when this happens, I don't like it when this happens. It throws all the yeah. feelings up in the air and, you know, really throws the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Horizon Studios. If you're travelling this year and looking for high quality, sustainable and beautifully designed luggage, then look no further than Horizon Studios, who've launched two new ranges. The RE series, the world's most sustainable 97% recycled luggage, and now the revolutionary Air series, the world's lightest high-end suitcase. If you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases. Thank goodness, Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios, 
Let's go further. This week we are sponsored by Notion. Why do we love Notion? Because it brings our ideas to life. It's like having access to tomorrow's tools today by combining all our research scripts and notes into one simple space with the added power of AI built right inside, not a separate AI tool or browser tab. I used it the other day to plan all our social content for the next three months. It's made what's usually a really long, daunting task super quick, simple and streamlined, leaving us with more time and energy to focus on what truly matters, which is bringing self-care to the listeners and less stress for us. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organise and rediscover the joy of play and the Notion AI turns that knowledge into action. It can answer any question in seconds, summarise your meeting notes and keeps you completely organised. If you can think it, you can make it. It's become an integral part of our podcasting toolkit and we're calling it self-care. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash self-care club. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash self-care club and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash self-care club. Oh, here's one. How can I enjoy Christmas with a toddler who tantrums all the time? Oh, well, <laughs> mine's not a toddler, but... They are definitely not toddlers. <laughs> well, I mean, that word Christmas, you know, should that not be replaced with life? How can I enjoy life with a toddler <laughs> that tantrums? Because it's not just Christmas, surely. They they don't just wait for Christmas Day and then bring out all the tantrums. No, um, it's true, isn't it? Because we're under so much pressure to enjoy Christmas. We have to enjoy yeah, Christmas. Exactly. Um, I think the way to, to endure or tolerate tantrums is to not belittle the behavior, step away from it, say, I'm um, sorry you're feeling like that. I can see you're very angry. I'm going to go and wait in the kitchen. And when you're ready, I'm there for you with a hug. Mm. So that they are not being told, stop feeling what you're feeling. But what you're saying to them is, I don't want to be exposed to this behavior because it's not that pleasant. (laughs) But go do your tantrum. And then when you're ready, all the hugs are waiting for you. My favourite tantrum of all time was Max, who's now about to be 18. He was about two. I was with my mum in uh, John Lewis, Oxford Street. And for whatever reason, I don't know what reason, he decided to just throw like the mega tod, full face plant on the floor, (laughs) fists and legs pumping, pumping. And my mum and I just looked at him. We just walked off. She went, bye, Max. And we walked off and we hid behind some clothing rails and just watched him. And as soon as he couldn't see us anymore... He got up, stopped, got up and went, oh, that was it. That was the end of it. We just didn't give it air. I think the thing about the Christmas tantrum is that we're around people that we imagine might judge us. Yeah, exactly. So what if our children aren't behaving perfectly? I think remove all of that because you know what happens actually? The children sense that. They sense mummy's a bit tense. Mummy's reacting differently to me and then when they do that they play up because they're testing you because they want to go why is mummy being different yeah I want mummy to just be the same yeah and they prod and they prod and they prod so take the judgment away it doesn't matter you tantrumed as a kid and your mother dealt with it however she dealt with it and now you're having to deal with whatever it is your children are bringing to you it's a mother's And it's a parent's thing, you know. It's how children express themselves. When they are pre-verbal or on the the stage of being verbal, but they haven't quite got the grasp, it's really frustrating for them. And the other thing to do, and this is the most difficult thing, is don't take it personally. Mm. They don't hate you. 
They're not screaming at you and telling you you're a bad mother. It is just how they express themselves. So just step away, be solid for them and be absolutely approachable and say, when you're ready, I'm right here for you. Toddlers are sent to test even the strongest so of are, lovers. So are preteens and teenagers <laughs> and children in general. I mean, like, I'm listening to everything you're saying and it's going to apply to my youngest child and she's 11. So, thank you. And she's definitely not pre-verbal. Definitely not. <laughs> but you see, I think it happens again in adolescence because it's something about, I think there's not enough said about the loss of childhood. There's all this oh, wow. racing towards wanting to be a teenager and wanting to do what their older siblings are doing and, you know, wanting to have all the excitement that being a teenager brings. But I think also there is a loss of, oh, but I can't sit on daddy's knee anymore and mum's not going to take me to the swings and what if I get upset? Am I allowed to cry? Or, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to see senior school and there's bigger boys and bigger girls and I have all these new relationships and new friendships to try and navigate and it was really simple when what we did was play skipping are we allowed to skip anymore it's really challenging for yeah them. thanks for that another parenting question it's my first Christmas as a single parent how do I make it great for my 15 year old and 10 year old girls okay so they are Aww. old enough I know that's really sad yeah but what a woman because all she wants to do is make it wonderful for her kids. Absolutely. I mean, look, I don't know the circumstances that the separation happened under, but what I can hear just from the question, and I'm hypothesizing, I don't know this for sure, is that this isn't something that you wanted and are still obviously dealing with um, on an emotional level. You have deep feelings about the separation and Christmas, of course, is the time that perhaps, you know, it's a marker, isn't it? It's the time yeah. that we think what we were doing this time last year. Yes. I think your children are old enough to know that it isn't going to be the same. So don't try and pretend that it is. And I think the most advantageous and useful way to deal with really difficult feelings is to name them. So if we're feeling anxious, if we're feeling nervous, we go, this is making me feel really nervous. Immediately dissipates. So with your girls, say to them, it's going to be weird this Christmas, isn't it? Because things are different, you know, name it. Name it. Because what you're doing then is you're giving them permission to feel different. You're not pretending that everything's the same, but you're also saying to them, I'm not afraid to have these conversations where to admit this isn't the same. And we're going to create different traditions and mm. we're going to see what traditions the three of us come up with that is, you know, that's going to be new, it's going to be fresh, there's going to be some things that are better and some things that we can mourn the loss of. Mm. So harder, actually, in many ways to try and keep it the same. Absolutely. Better to put a couple of new twists on so that it's like, this is a fun, fresh, different Christmas and it can still be good. Yes, but also, you know, it's almost like sort of... In the pretending for it to all be the same, what are you going to do? Lay the fourth place at the table yeah. and pretend yeah. that he's going to turn up. The trouble with kids is they love the routine. Like I, I know Christmas morning, my children want pancakes because that's the tradition that is set. You make pancakes. Yeah. Like there's no toast. It's yeah. pancakes. Yeah, yeah. They, you can't have toast on Christmas Day. <laughs> they, but then maybe there's a conversation to have to be had before Christmas Day. Yeah. Which what is should what, we do? What should we keep and what yeah. should we let go of? Yeah. What was a bit annoying? Yeah. This is a bit of a sad one. It's my first Christmas away from my family. I'm living abroad and I can't get home. Oh. With a very sad face. Bloody COVID. I'll mm. assume it's a COVID situation. I don't know. 
Possibly. I mean, I work at a university counselling service and I have a lot of students that are in this situation at the moment yeah. where they can't go home for travel restriction reasons. It's really tricky. I mean, thank goodness we have FaceTime and video calling now, which I know isn't the same. I know it doesn't make up for it. I would say create a family here or wherever it is you are. Create a family um, if you can sort of tag yourself on somebody else's family, it won't be the same. And I think acknowledge that. Mm. Acknowledge that it's going to be different. It's going to be harder. You're going to miss them. But also, it is just one day. Let's try to keep it in, in yes, perspective. Yes, it is yes. just one day. And uh, hopefully, at some point, you will get back to see your family soon and you can have all the Christmases come at once when you do get back to them. It's crazy how much meaning is tagged onto this one day. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not three, a one day. The it's, three of us are it, not even Christian. Let's, let's just... Hold on. You know, it's, it's an not English tradition. It's, it's, it's an not, English It's tradition. not a day. It's a, it's a, it's it's a, a Christmas period. I know, but Christmas... It's a week. Let's call it a week. It's such a... There's so much loaded onto it, yeah. isn't there? It's a lot of expectation. A lot. Well, because we've been taught that it's the most wonderful time of the year. Like, we can all hear that song in our head, <laughs> can't we? So everyone assumes that you have to have the most wonderful time of the year, but you don't. It's and just... I think as parents, we want to give that to our children. Yeah. We want them to experience the picture you know, the picture postcard Christmas, yeah. you know, and if it doesn't snow, it's almost our fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's try and remember that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. guess what it isn't. Yeah, but you just, you want them to have those moments, don't you, that you see in the films, those lovely moments and everyone's a family on the floor and they're all unwrapping their presents and the kids love what they've got and it's all idyllic because that is what we've been taught but that it should be. But that's not reality. And it's mm. okay if it isn't. It really is. Mama's just going to be drunk from like 10 o'clock in the morning till midnight. It's always an option, yeah. I just think, <laughs> ask yourself doing. all day, is it still snowing? <laughs> and if it is, what's the point in clearing up? Okay. Thank you for that. Because I'm going to let it go now. Good. Just going to let it go. I just want to have a good day. I will be checking in, you, in the new year to see if you've kept that. Will you? Yeah. I want photographic evidence of the mess. <laughs> Oh, okay. At three o'clock, five o'clock. Well, there will be mess anyway, whether I've cleared it up or not, which is what Kate's <laughs> saying, right? So I might as well just let the whole thing go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what about this one? I'm having to spend Christmas Day with the partner of a family member who I really don't like. How do I navigate the day? With the partner of a family member. So let's say it's her sister's husband. Yeah. Right. Ooh, that's hard. Depends how many people there are. If there's like four of you, well, that's, that's, that's going to be tricky. That's going to be hard. You know, if there are a larger group of you, I think you can just always, you know... Avoid. Yes. Avoid? Yes. I, mean, I, you know, I personally feel that if... It depends what it is about this person that you don't like. You know, if they say offensive things, is it your responsibility to stand up? I is think, it? Is it your responsibility to stand up? I, that's an interesting... At the Christmas lunch... Or at any lunch. It depends how offensive they are. It does. And, and it depends. Yes. I, I, I personally am somebody that can't keep quiet if somebody says something very misogynistic or so racist. Or, so am I. But I have to say it doesn't serve me. Well... But at the Christmas lunch table? I find that if you say something at a five rather than a ten in terms of volume or in terms of... Hostility. Hostility. <laughs> and almost kill them with kindness. But I think it's okay to say, that's not okay. That's not okay to say that. I think it is. And even if it 
is followed but by... But doesn't a, that poke? It pokes the fire, doesn't it? I'm I'm with you, by yeah. the way, because I always do yeah. say things and then it, it pokes and it pokes I and it doesn't go moment, so well. You know, with the, with the movements that are going on at the moment, I think as, you know, as straight white females that we have a responsibility to not just be bystanders. And yes, I, agree. Um, I think men have a responsibility in terms of calling out misogyny and therefore, and I, I feel that it's my responsibility. I can't stand by and, and say, stay silent if somebody says something that I think is wholly offensive. And what if it's not that? What if it's just they maybe don't like the way this partner treats their relative mm. or is with them or mm. doesn't, doesn't approve of the relationship? What would your advice be? I think if you lead by example and you show how to treat people, as in if he says something like, and I'm, uh, you know, making assumptions that it's a he, I don't know why, it could be a she. I was making that assumption too. It's funny, isn't it? It's interesting. If they say something like, oh, I don't like your dress, you could counter that with, oh, I think it's lovely. So, you know... Well, I don't like your face. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that not antagonist? Is that not good? (laughs) I think maybe stay away from, unless it is, like we said, something that you feel a moral... uh, um, responsibility to stand up for. If it is something where you don't like the way that they're treating your loved one, lead by example. I think, you you know, you don't have to go get in the middle of it. You don't have to teach them. You don't have to challenge their personality. But I think you can subtly send messages that you aren't quite okay with how they're behaving. Because also, if they're the you know if they're the partner of a loved one, you don't want to make things difficult for them either. Of course, I not. mean it's really difficult to answer this question because there's so many missing pieces of yes, the puzzle. Yes, like yes. are they an abusive partner? If so, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> that is a totally different yeah. story. If they're just mildly irritating, then mm. you know it might be worth just keep staying on the other side of the table, making sure that you're you know not sat next to them. <laughs> Very hard when the name cards are already down. <laughs> oh, you could do a bit of shuffling. You have name cards, huh? Or you don't do Christmas. What you have do you name mean? cards at, at the Chris at the Christmas we go to. There's always name cards. Yeah, I love it how she says it as if it's just a given that everybody does name cards on Christmas. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to do name cards because I've been told to have a relaxed day. <laughs> I've do you been... feel any uh, interest in where people sit at the table or you just don't care? I don't really care. Why can't they just... It, dep- it, it depends how many people there are. Okay. I, I, I care. Do you? Yeah. What do you care about? But why should you tell um, people where to sit? I like to be in my seat. Where's your seat? I can't explain I mean, it is it every you're... year the same? No, do I mean ev- every day. In my house, at oh, my, I see what at you my mean. table, yes, 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 I yes. like to sit in my seat. No one else sits in that. Yeah, but you don't have name cards every dinner. (laughs) I bet she does. Me, Ollie, the children. No, we have our own seats. We know where we sit. No, you're talking about Christmas Day. We're talking about name cards. You're like, do you care where people sit? Yeah. I don't think it's for me to say where someone should sit. I like to sit at a certain point so that I can get in and out easily. Of course. Not that I'll need to this time because I won't be doing anything. (laughs) And so if you're going to somewhere else. Yeah. Do you care where you sit? No, I, I prefer to be seated or I'll always say, where would you like me to sit? Oh, the perfect guest. Well, in case they have preferences. 
<laughs> and do we do children up one end, adults up the other? Um, that depends on who is coming. Christmas Day, yes, the kids all gang up on one kind of big end of the table and the adults have another. Depends how many people are at a gathering. Sometimes I like to mix it up and sometimes I do like to put the kids together because more fun for them. Do you know, I'm even aware that us talking in this way yeah. is presenting our Christmases as something perfect. And can we just all put our hands up and go, they're not? Nothing's perfect. No day is ever perfect. Oh, my God. Last Christmas, my dad was stood on my doorstep with a bag and I was giving him the cooked turkey. Oh. I mean, it was it was far... Oh, he couldn't come in. They weren't allowed in. It was far from a perfect Christmas last, last year. But you know what? It, it was such a weird Christmas last year. We kind of just had to acknowledge that, okay? Mm. This is not the normal Christmas with everyone. We just have to make it lovely for us. And because it's just us, we only have ourselves to please. So let's just do what's nice. And also let's go with the positives like, oh, the dog's not left on his own all day. So we can go for a lovely walk and we don't have to be anywhere and worry about him. That's so cute. We, we kind of did that. And it's like, well, what do we want to eat? What are our favourites? And that's You how made a we, goose last year, didn't we you? We made goose and we did like a whole Which you said was salmon. an error. Why? You said you didn't like your goose. I loved my goose. What was it about? That doesn't matter. Oh, no. Doesn't it's matter. fabulous, the goose. But also those people that didn't have a, you know, proper Christmas last year because all the rules were off, as in we were banned yeah. from doing yeah. anything. You know, maybe there are things that we can leave behind yeah. because we had it so stripped back to nothing Some last year. Some people were on their own on last their own. year. You know, and it's a bit like, okay, what do we want to let back in? Mm. Can we just see it as we're just having people around for a roast dinner mm. and we're all together? And isn't that lovely because we weren't last year? I think that will be what's lovely about this Christmas, whatever happens. So, right, it's just a roast dinner. Just a roast dinner. People get very, very upset about their birds. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? They Same have more. to be juicy, succulent. They have to be cooked at the right temperature. They get. I like, told you, Adam breastfeeds his bird. Get, I mean, he's very. There's a reason very... <laughs> that we don't have turkey at any other time of the year, isn't there? Oh no, I love a turkey. Oh, I make turkey quite a lot. Oh, do you? I do. do you? I I, I don't do. think I know anyone who makes turkey the rest of the year. Turkey, <laughs> maybe a turkey escalop. Breaded. You do now. Wow. Roast turkey. Turkey, I yes, roast turkey. Turkey leg, sometimes I get. Or then sometimes I get a turkey roll. I'm loving this. This is this is one thing I did not know about you. (laughs) Is it the most interesting thing though? Not really. It's it's it's, my kids don't nugget of information. They don't love a roast chicken, they prefer roast turkey. Interesting. Okay. So that's why I do it. I agree. Okay. And I find the turkey a bit dry, personally. So does our but it's much better That's for you. Why we made goose. It's a leaner meat. Yeah, it's true. Okay, this is our last question. It's my first Christmas since the death of my mother, and I'm oh, dreading it. Oh. But I don't want to ruin it for my kids. Oh. All these women who are like, "This stuff's happening for me," but I just have to put my kids first. Well, Always. I think you probably this woman's already my... know what I'm going to say. I mean, I don't know how old your children are, but even if they're three and five, it's okay to say mummy still feels really sad because this is the first Christmas without her mummy. Mm. I know, it's heartbreaking. But listen, the earlier you, you have those conversations with your children, the more you are teaching them that they can have those conversations with you. And it is absolutely vital that we let our children know that there is nothing wrong with difficult feelings. They're not pleasant, they're uncomfortable, 
but it is a part of life experience. And what that allows us to do is not push them to the side and allow them to gather. And then what tends to happen is it comes out in anxiety because we're sweating the small stuff, which is what anxiety is, because we're not handling the bigger stuff on a day-to-day basis, whatever it is. So have those conversations with your children. Be honest, be authentic. You are a human being, and however little they are, put it into age-appropriate language where you can say to them, this is what's going on right now. You don't have to pretend. Don't pretend that it isn't sad, because it really is. Yeah. And I hope that she also has someone around that day who can kind of just be mindful of her feelings. Mm. It will be hard. And if you have a little weep, that's okay. All of the firsts are difficult when we lose a parent, when we Mm. lose anybody Mm. that we love. Mm. And Christmas is particular, you know, especially if mum was part of that whole tradition. Yeah. Oh, I just want to send my love to her Mm. and send you a kiss and just however you are on that day, just allow yourself to be that. Yeah, absolutely. No mean judgmental voice. And feel your mother with you. What would she want you to do? You know, have a little moment where you kind of, I don't know, raise a glass of snowball to her. Can we have a very little chat about Christmas parties, office Christmas parties, Christmas gatherings and COVID and feelings about that? So what I'm noticing is some people are still feeling very, very anxious Mm. about taking a risk and some people are very accepting of that. Like, absolutely, that's how you feel no problem. And other people are feeling a bit judgy and other people are saying, well, they're using it because they don't really want to go. What are your feelings about all this? Yeah, I think to a certain extent, it's a bit like many things such as religion or um, I can't think of another example. Veganism. Veganism. (laughs) Absolutely. No, that's a very good case in point because in the last couple of years, I've started to eat less meat. I wouldn't say I'm really able to call myself a vegetarian because... If there is no better option, if there is no, I will eat the meat. But I hardly eat meat. I think they call that a flexitarian. Well, I did use that and then somebody told me that was really wanky. So I stopped (laughs) using it. (laughs) That was was a little judgment. It was, wasn't it? Yes, I liked flexitarian. Um, I think you should reclaim it. I've just been saying I eat less meat. Okay. But I think it is exactly the same as that, which is draw the line wherever you want it drawn And don't judge anyone else for drawing it in a different place. It's up to you. It's your relationship. And that goes with COVID as well. If you feel comfortable to go to a Christmas party and the company you're working with is still throwing it, go. And if you don't, don't. Don't. I remember actually when my kids were at school and there was a, they did this exciting thing, which I think is more common now, where they let the kids sleep over in the school one night. Oh, I've never heard of that. Honestly, the kids were... (laughs) There was one family and the mother was quite anxious and so she put in a complaint and said it should be cancelled. And that was because she didn't feel comfortable enough for her child to go. Mm. And And she she didn't want her child to be left out. Didn't want her child to be left Mm. out and didn't want to be able to say to her child, You can't go, yeah. You can't go because it's me that's not going to So let me ruin everybody's fun. So so if you're the fearful person or the person who's still feeling quite cautious... Mm. Also, the flip side is just be accepting that other people are going to want to have parties and they are going to go ahead and it's fine if you don't feel comfortable going, but don't sort of say, listen, I really think you should cancel. Absolutely. I think the tricky one thing is, if you're that cautious person 
And let's say your sister is going to all the parties that she's been invited to, and then she's coming to you Christmas Day. Mm. How do you navigate that? You ask for everyone to lateral flow test before they come, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of such a normal thing to ask now. It's yeah. that, I mean, if you said two years ago, by the way, before you go to Christmas lunch, <laughs> shove, shove a little up thing your up your nose. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? Isn't it? It's become, it's just total normality. Mm. And I don't think any of us can judge anybody because until we walk into anybody's shoes, I've had so many of these conversations. And I think the overcautious people are very judgmental of the people that are yeah, the the people that just want to live. I can. With, I think it happens both ways. It does. I think it happens both ways. Yeah, it it does. But the thing is, we can only do what we are comfortable absolutely doing because it's ourselves that are taking the risk, and then everyone else can put a boundary around them and say, okay, but because you're a risk taker, then I'm going to have this relationship with you, or like you said, do a can I ask a question? Mm. Because I think it it comes up a lot with um, the overeating and the overdrinking at Christmas. Mm. What is your advice if someone's feeling quite stressed about that? Well, remember I said this last year, actually, and I'm afraid that the, the uh, advice still stands, which is think about your future self. Think about, you know, how does Nicole want to feel next week? How do I want to feel in a month's time or when I go away? You know, I don't know. I, I mean, yes. for me, yes. it's not something that I tend to... I think the more we think about, oh, I mustn't yeah. eat that, yeah. actually, it's like saying, don't think of a pink elephant. It's of all course. we think about. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> and therefore, um, for me, it's yeah. don't overthink it. You know, okay, yeah. it maybe is a day where we all overindulge and maybe we get a free, we all get a free pass on that day. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. What would my future self thank me for? Nice. Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing your wisdom to the Self Care Club yet again. It's my pleasure and it's just always a joy to be with you girls. Thank you. Have a lovely Christmas. Lateral flow test and tug. (laughs) And mess and present. Exactly. Yeah. And snow. (laughs) No snow. No No snow. snow. (laughs) I'd quite like some. 